Devil's Music, a podcast about music that goes bump in the night. Children, have you ever met the bogeyman before? No, of course you haven't, for you're much too good, I'm sure. Don't you be afraid of him if he should visit you. He's a great big coward, so I'll tell you what to do. Hush, 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 here comes the bogeyman. Don't let him come too close to you, he'll catch you if he can. Just pretend that you're a crocodile, and you will find that bogeyman will run away a mile. And welcome to the very first episode of Devil's Music. My name's Stovepipe. Super happy to be here. This is uh, definitely a passion project I've wanted to do for a while now, and it's finally a reality and not just a dream. And there's really not a specific genre we cover on the Devil Music site, which is, by the way, www.devilsmusic.net. And we're available on Spotify and going to try to get on basically any platform uh, where, where podcasts can be heard on a large level. But uh, yeah, there's really no genre specifically that we're shooting for, but it's definitely music that's not afraid to shine a little bit of light on the darker corners of life. And with that being said, really excited for our first guest, who's an absolute legend uh, of a of a singer, songwriter, performer, and that is Slim Cessna. You've very likely heard him from Slim Cessna's Auto Club, who's been playing for 27 years. We had a fascinating chat here, and I had... In preparation, listened to a, some other podcasts and interviews that he had done, and man, some of the questions were just super vague or just really nothing you could chew on, and so I, I really actually worked hard on getting some good questions here, but also the conversation got rolling really quickly, and he shared a whole bunch of, of fascinating things that, uh, as a fan for quite some time, I didn't know anything about, uh, and so I'm super excited to share this with you. Just some preliminary information, uh, and that is uh, we're a new site, so we could definitely use your support now. You go to devilsmusic.net, and you can sign up for our Facebook community, and it's a really good, rollicking time that we have on there, just getting to know each other, connecting over our love of of music uh, that goes bump in the night. And as I said, it's music that does shine light in darker corners. There's not a specific genre, but we do have a lot of interest in things like dark folk, dark country, uh, gothic country, psychobilly. There's a lot of different places you can look for that type of music, and I'm really glad that there's more of it coming out and more avenues to get that. And I hope to provide uh, a source of journalism, of community, and this podcast to help get a lot of great bands that I don't think get enough coverage. That being said, Slim Cessna is our interviewee today, uh, our, our chatting partner, and uh, definitely a renowned, acclaimed artist and band, and so it's really an honor to have him on this very first episode. And keep looking for f- for future episodes, plenty of good stuff is going to come. All right, without wasting any more of your time, here is Slim Cessna. So you're just getting back from Belgium. Yeah. And you had a delay. Yeah, I was over there for about three weeks. Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah. Was that your first time there? I was re- no, no. I've been there a bunch of times, but um, it's the first time I've been there for 
more than a day at a time, I guess. <laughs> like touring through and stuff. Yeah. But I was out there um, recording with these guys uh, from a band called Everyone is Guilty. Mm-hmm. And they live in Liège and uh, just doing some, actually some real interesting experimental recordings with them. Oh, nice. Were, uh, were you like a guest a uh, musician or is this like a, another project? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, it's kind of a project that they do. Um, uh, actually, it's under they they do it under a, 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 a vivant, and hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. correctly. <laughs> um, but they have different things that they do with different people, right? And, uh, and I was the one this time, and that was and it was awesome. And then I, I played a few shows also while I was there, just by yourself, or did you have other band members? I actually had them playing with me, um, oh. but we just played a bunch of my songs. Oh, too cool. So it was different band members all together, but playing yeah. some Cessna Auto Club material. Yeah, and also some new songs that I've been working on. Did you like that kind of experience where you're not playing with your buddies? Well, I mean, they are your buddies, but <laughs> different band all together. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was neat. I mean, you know, it's, it's not not the Auto Club. Um, but it was real, it, but it was special. It was really nice. Right. You know, um, and, and, uh, and different and that's, and, and challenging even. So it was good all around. So how experimental is it? Is it flying right out into space or is it, uh, I, I've not heard. Oh, as far it. as the recordings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the, the group actually, they're kind of more of a, um, uh, the everyone is guilty band. They play, mm-hmm. you know. I, I guess it would be country music, okay, with like rock music at the same with banjos and mm-hmm. things like that happening. Right. And um, actually, they took the the name of their band is is after an auto club song, so mm-hmm. they're also big fans of ours. Oh, excellent! And did you get yeah. to travel around Belgium much while you were there? Yeah, yeah. I was in Brussels and Ghent and Liège and in uh, Zykem, uh-huh. um, and staying out in the in the countryside. Is yeah, where we the, recorded. And that was really nice. Yeah, there's a cold a, and windy and rainy, and it's it's kind of it's pretty foresty there, right? Yeah, like quite woodsy. I don't. Yeah, but that isn't always what comes to mind, you know. But. I haven't been right, and th- but then also a lot of farms, a lot of farms. Yep, there's actually yeah. there's a a friend of mine, farms and woods. Yep, she a friend of mine. She's a practicing witch, and she's a visual artist, and she has done album covers for me. And she lives on a farm uh-huh. in the woods, uh, Anna Bluefern, and she does these gnarly, super <laughs> as pagan as you can get, like you know the animal <laughs> animal bone hats and stuff. But uh, she lives in Belgium, uh-huh. the nicest person on the planet. So I know I have a place yeah. to stay if I do ever visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. So, uh, well, we, you should. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard nothing but positives. Plane, and I, I would plane tickets aren't that much. It's it's really? interesting how easily and you can get there, yeah. especially if you have a place to stay. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it, I'm sure you did if you're if you're if you have a place to record too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Man, it must be weird. I mean, I, I promise I won't get political, but going, leaving the United States, I mean, I think all of us wouldn't mind it right now. And then coming back oh my God. right now must be... Yeah, I want to move there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was real nice. I mean, of course, you know, I, I, you know, I was still looking at my Facebook and, and seeing all the posts. And yeah. Um, yeah, and so I was kind of keeping up on current events, you know, as much as you can, you know, right. do that. And still be creative, uh, experience. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't, but I wasn't just bombarded with this this thing that is happening over here. Right. Just constant, um, uh, Jesus Christ! It's, it's exhausting. It is exhausting to to live here. Yep. It, every day since that dude's been even since he started running, you know what I mean? I know. Like every fucking day, right? It's and just constant battle. It is to, uh, to to have it to have a to just try to feel positive about something. <laughs> right. I I read this article about how insane optimism is the only way that will get us through it, and I do want to believe that, and I could see the argument, but it is it feels yeah. impossible. <laughs> it really does. You know, but at the, at the same time, like you know, in a few years, we're not going to have any water to drink or <laughs> air to breathe right. anyway. So what, who the fuck cares? Like my my thing. I was even just talking to my parents about it. Like, I'm just going to, you know, try to take care of the people that I love yeah. and, and enjoy every moment, you know, try to enjoy every moment of every day. And mm-hmm. and that's really all we have left. I, I could not agree more. Have you noticed that some of your songwriting has been oddly positive during these times? And not like we're all going to be okay, but like we're not going to be okay so we might as well do what we can. <laughs> like you confront the you confront death head on and <laughs> and the civilization. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. Right. Yeah, but if you're talking about Auto Club songs, Mumley's been writing all those songs. You're for, right. Yeah. You know, the last several years. Right. But uh, and he has a an interesting take on all of it. And I but I do believe that it's you know, there's something. I don't know, like you can make the world magical if you want to and, mm-hmm. and live in it. There's there's not much uh, choice uh, at this point. <laughs> but so Right. That's right. He does most of the lyrics. You do some, but he's he's that's his thing. Yeah, he's he's been the guy for, you know, yeah. since well, Cypher I suppose, but even before that on the Bloody Tenant, um okay. we were about half and half, I suppose. But... About half and half. I hit this, I hit this block, like, and I was like living out in Pittsburgh and, mm-hmm. um, trying to raise a family and, uh, struggling with money mm-hmm. and still trying to be in the band at the same time. And, and, right. and Mumley, uh, stepped in so that we could keep moving forward. And my God, you know, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just stayed that way. So, yeah. and that's how we all like it. And it's just kind of, you know, we, we established these roles, you know, in the band and, and mm-hmm. there's no ego involved and, um, and it's right. good. You know, there's this one thing I've wanted to ask you. And I, the last time I saw you play was at muddy roots. And before that I'm in grand rapids. So I saw you at tip top, we chatted in the bathroom. So hopefully that doesn't creep you out too much, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I've been right. If I think about it hard enough, well, I, bet I can even remember that. I had just Experience. seen your old compadre, um, David Eugene Edwards play for woven hand. Yeah. And I think, 
I remember talking to you about that. Yeah. And I told you, yeah. and um, me and my friend smoked a pot full, uh, a apple full of marijuana with him. And when I first met him in like 2001, I thought he he, he looked like super young. And he, <laughs> no offense to the guy, he's aged. And I told him, I'm like, man, he's gotten old. And you said it happens to the best of us while you were urinating. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, we're in our fifties now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you've aged better. I'm, I'll, I'll edit that part out, but <laughs> but he still is fucking Oh, you think I have? I, I think you, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. always been kind of an gonna, old soul. I'm calling him. <laughs> Please do. I interviewed him once, yeah, and it was barely an interview. Like he obviously didn't. He was done. <laughs> he he put on this hell of a oh. show, and I don't think he's a chatter by any <laughs> means. At least not in the you know, interviewing sense of the word. No, probably but, not. But he had played a monster of a show. I, I mean, he was speaking in tongues and rolling his head in the back of his eyes in the back of his head. <laughs> um, so well, good. But the, the question I meant to ask you this in the in the John, but didn't. And there's a video, um, and it's a good quality video of you all playing He Roger Williams, and you introduce all the band members, and most of them I've at least heard of. But then you say, I don't even remember his name, but you call him the godfather of the Denver sound. Like Big Bad Bob? Yeah. yeah. Who is that guy, and, and how do you perceive him as the godfather of the Denver sound? I know nothing about him. Well, he was just a guy that recorded all of the bands mm-hmm. um, who, you would, who you would put into that category, I suppose. Okay. Um, uh 16 horsepower woven hand mm-hmm. us um right. you know whoever else i don't know maybe even I, I i shouldn't list anybody else because i'll probably screw it up <laughs> but but all the uh, monthly you know monthly albums um and he was in the auto club for a while but he has since moved to somewhere else so. okay but he's a big mover and shaker uh it, it's hard to think of that. Yeah, he was just—he was him. just a guy that. I mean, go, even going back to the '80s, you know, when we were all young and starting out, he was in bands and recording bands. Right. So we've known him a long time. Yeah, you know what's interesting? There's, there's. Uh, I've liked the Denver Sound thing for a long time, even though I have not even been there. But I've mentioned, <clears throat> I've talked to people who are big fans of yours. But they will describe you as like goth country or goth rock, and I've mentioned like uh, yeah, there's the Denver sound. You can't really think about them without that, and they had never heard that term before. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, we don't even use that term. I mean, that, I, I think that term started in Europe and oh, really? just kind of made its way over here. I don't know. Okay, it was uh, it was loosely affixed afterwards by someone else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands in Denver, you know, and they're all like, what the hell, the Denver sound? We don't even know what that is. Right. <laughs> okay. But, well, it's like, you know, four people or something. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. I think there's a Wikipedia site about it, so some some, oh, person, some programmer knows about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, even the term, uh, I feel like the term goth country or goth folk is something that's loosely applied afterwards, and most bands who probably do fit that description at the end of the day would never like throw it on a poster, or if they did, it would be like a big afterthought. It to would get be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, we would never say that. I mean, Jesus Christ! I know. You know? 
like you, the worst one is Gotham Villain. Like, what, oh, we yeah. see that. Like, I've even gone onto our Wikipedia page and I've taken mm-hmm. that out. Right. And then somebody keeps putting it back on. And if I could find that person and right. uh, you know, just have a conversation and say, like, what is that? Because that term reminds me of like muscle guys with, you know, pompadours, like blue pompadours and weird makeup or something. And it doesn't apply, you know, playing like an upright bass with flames on it. Yeah. And and surf rock with monster um, lyrics and such. Yeah. Right. And we have never been there and we've never considered ourselves that. And I I suppose that, you know, there's like a, like a a certain darkness Mm -hmm. or there can be, but we, I think we balance that out pretty well with a lot of, with a lot of uh, love and light. <laughs> well, what I was going to, the question I had, I, I tried to think of the least pretentious way to term it, but if I were to describe your live show to anybody, and I'd say the albums too, um, but I would say it's kind of a celebration. Would you agree or or what? It is a celebration. Yeah. It, it, it absolutely is. Okay, and I think you. every live show should be for any band. It's like, you know, for us, it's like our, our our religious experience you know right you know people who are obsessed with with music and going to shows and and it's it's important to us and it's uh and it always has been you know yeah it is religious experience definitely connotates that you know another thing i appreciate about your band is i feel like you all combat toxic masculinity well which i think is important for concerts because i've just been i've been to so many and it's a lot of you kind of hinted that with psychobilly but dudes with pomp doors acting kind of kind of rough but i mean you guys like hug each other and get like closer than a lot of dudes do and it's like it's kind of refreshing <laughs> so it's I, I appreciate that personally well good i mean i mean you're yeah, all like close friends i mean you and monley must have a pretty pretty damn close friendship at this juncture um i i, I would i would put it more as uh as family than okay. friendship really and i don't mean that in a, in a we're not friends i just mean it as right. you know it's not, like we've just been together for a long time right and like is it, i mean is this your like 21 years i think i think you, dwight and munley have been playing in the auto club for 21 years at this point long time. and you do have blood family members in it too right oh yeah my son plays with us now okay yeah he's there he's gonna take over when i when i can't sing anymore oh <laughs> have you really had that discussion yeah and he just shakes his head and thinks i'm an idiot <laughs> Does he have? Uh, do you think he has good stage presence and, and sings well and all the things that I? I think oh my gosh! Well, yeah. Here's something that you can check out. Like, go and look at. Um, his name is George Cessna. Okay. He play he plays bass with us, but he has his own albums. He's got oh, no he's kidding. got a couple solo albums on Bandcamp. Uh, he has a band. It's called Snakes. Mm-hmm. And they're on Bandcamp and wherever else. And they perform live. Yeah, he's got. He's got. Yeah, he's just. He's just working. He was in. They they were based out of Baltimore because he was going to art school out there, and now he's in Denver. And they are reconfiguring and getting ready to go out to L.A. to play some shows. Excellent! Wow. So he's more than capable. (laughs) I knew he played. I wasn't sure the exact role. Oh, he. I'll tell you right now. He's better than all of us. Really. 
That must feel nice. <laughs> yeah. You, you breeded well. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like, and 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 everyone will agree to this who I've ever played music with. Like, I I actually kind of suck. Like, I can hammer out, I can hammer out three chords and and pretend that I can play. But in general, right. I just I I I think I'm good at surrounding myself with talented people. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying and, to make that. Um, and I and I'm going with it. You're going with it, right? I'm just trying to make the interview as uncomfortable as possible. I brought up urination at the beginning and then breeding, so hopefully, I hopefully I'm succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I made him, you know, like right. I, I'm half responsible, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. The um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the if I, the family thing makes sense, the re- religious experience makes sense. Um, I'm assuming there must be a pastor somewhere in your family tree because I definitely have sort of a traveling evangelist. You know, you go out into the crowd and and uh, is am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, my my father is a retired Baptist preacher. Oh wow! If, if that helps at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Was he one that is he one that uh, didn't let you listen to rock and roll music? No, no, no. He's always been cool. Okay, good. No, and he and he wouldn't be what you would consider like an evangelist. It was very, um, it was, it's I would consider it sweet, rather liberal. It is okay, right? Yeah, it's it's not a fundamentalist uh, upbringing. No. Okay. Hey, that's good. That's really rare in uh, people who who uh, do what you do. Usually, it's like, yeah, I was raised in a horrible religious setting, and that's why I make the music I make today. <laughs> so good oh no no did you ever no, uh, I, uh oh go ahead yeah he's one of my best friends my father so excellent it's and, awesome yeah no that's great does he is he a musician at all no no but my mom is my mom is an amazing singer mm-hmm. was she in all in, the church choirs she did church choirs and such was she ever uh yeah. has she ever been in in uh, ensembles or bands or anything of that nature or sang with you no okay. no but she studied music when she was in college and she's she even toured the world but it was with oh, wow. with uh, with a choir right and yeah and uh, she and i sang the the christmas eve service up here in fairplay colorado where we live uh we sang a song together and that was really Amazing. What song? Uh, um, <laughs> it's the way, what's it called? It goes, fall on your knees. Oh. The angel it's, um, holy night. it's called, Oh Holy Night. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you all sang that. Yeah. How recently was this? That was just this last Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, my God. That's, that's very special. It's a beautiful tune. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, Yeah, she sings so much better than me. I was struggling to keep up. Yeah, I was going to say she's like 81. 81. So she must have like the soaring vocals. I mean, that's a hard song. I've I've done harmonies oh, yeah. in the background like rumbled something out. Yeah, no, I had to I had to go low on those parts. Right. <laughs> I know. I think I, I let read her take that. Well, I'm sorry. What was that? I let her take that, yeah. one, you know what I mean. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, well taken. I've read that you're you're a big fan of the gospel music in general, too, right? Not just the Christmas, not the soaring Christmas music alone, but uh... 
I think it's the most powerful music on earth. It's um, and and I think you know, on, honestly, I think any religious music is, and and it's uh, because it it means something extra to the people who are who are doing it, mm-hmm. and it's you know, I don't know, I, I'm not going to go too far into that because I, you know, honestly, I I struggle with my own beliefs, but right. um, I have. But I have certain fundamentals, and and I, and I and I do believe in something extra and spiritual, and and I think that anytime anybody is is mm-hmm. is caught up, you know what I mean? yeah, is caught up in something yeah. that they perceive as larger than them, uh, right? Yeah, and I've seen, um... and you can hear it, and and you can feel it, and and it's mm-hmm. amazing. But you know, I also can get that like going to see an amazing rock show as well right yeah well yeah i mean it's it's the whole idea of getting of of, of rapture of getting caught up in something and um right. have, you, have you ever have you ever tried to be an atheist and you just realized you couldn't be not that you like chose one specific belief and held to it completely uh but like do you feel like you're you have a rudimentary spirituality in you that regardless of what you want to name it it just is there Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to say that I was necessarily trying to be atheist, but right. I, I definitely went through many years of, of mm-hmm. just being so confused about the whole thing and, right. and I'm, I'm honestly being angry. And, um, but you know, I was much younger and, and now I just kind of let things go and, and, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be like, you know, especially being raised in that environment, mm-hmm. it would be like, I mean, I think I've said this before, and like in other interviews, but okay. it would be like if someone told me that there was no such thing as air. Right. You know, like I, it's hard to, you know, we're breathing something. You know. Right. Um, and I and I live in a place, and and I know this makes it really easy, and it's kind of cliche, but you know, I literally live in the middle of nowhere, and it's snowing right now, and I, I'm living at oh. ten thousand feet above sea level, and you're kidding. Me. You know, I had. And, wow. and I have, I have neighbors, you know, they, there's a couple of moose that live in the woods and, and I was listening to the coyotes last night and, wow. you know, little, um, there was a grandeur. hawk right outside of my house this morning. Really? Yeah. So that's where your, that's where your actual house that you call home is. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm, I'm living what? actually up with my parents because that's where, that's where they live and they're. Um, older and it's just kind of nice for, yeah. you know, when I'm not touring to just be around and right. I, I at least try to be helpful. Yeah. I, and, I, and it's also awesome. Like, I, I don't think I could ever move to the city again. I, I see enough of the city, like whenever right. I'm playing shows. Yeah. Yeah. The, the touring life of musician is a city life. So having that, that's, that's pretty special to have a, a non-city place to, to call home when you're not touring. Right. I've, I've got relatives in Colorado. So I, again, a, a place to stay. <laughs> so I know, I know it's beautiful. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And you can also stay here anytime. Oh. Like I have a separate, I have a separate place from, from the actual house. So it's you know where my folks are. Oh, right. I have no so I'm also, I'm also like alone most of the time and it's amazing. Yeah. When there was a couple of years where my my former wife and I owned a cabin in northern Michigan, and uh, 
I remember like sitting on the roof and thinking, I haven't seen the sky in a very long time. I was surprised by the sky and the stars because I've lived in cities yeah. for a very long time. <clears throat> and cities do have an appeal too. I mean, there's even a, even spiritually, you know, sometimes you walk out and you just feel connected to everything and every person there. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember looking at the sky and thinking like, where have you been? <laughs> and same thing here in Coyotes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, so you say you're alone. All, you're alone a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, is is the Slim Cessna? Is that your main gig? Like, do you have a day job, <laughs> or is it, are you a musician by trade exclusively? Now? <laughs> well, Not to lose I, your mystique. Well, I, but... <laughs> I, no, I have I have to I have to work sometimes. Well, okay. but now that I'm living up here, it's harder for that to happen. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I have a friend in town that lets me work for him. You know, whenever I need to. Okay. So I'll go down there, but usually I'll go down. Like if we're, you know, like we've been recording, mm-hmm. um, Munley and the Looper Kalian's new album. All right. And so I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get down to Denver a few times a week, um, just to kind of, I mean, mostly Dwight has been doing all of the mixing. Okay. Um, and I'll go in there and, and at least keep him company and right. pretend that I'm being helpful. Dwight Pentecost. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I pretend I'm being helpful, and I drink all of his beer, <laughs> and, and then I, and then I get to say, "Yeah, I helped mix that." <laughs> yeah, def- definitely been in those contexts. You, uh, <laughs> you do what you can, and uh, <laughs> so so you all see each other plenty, even when you're not touring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also, so what what brought me to that was. Right. Um, was you know so I'll also go into work a couple days a week. Right. Yeah. I feel like you the band has had a pretty good few years. I mean you've been together 20 years so I'm assuming it's been like anything sometimes they're great sometimes they're slow but uh I see your name out yeah. there a lot more than let's say when I first started listening to you uh 10 years ago. Well, good. <laughs> 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 That's right. I mean, well, I'm glad to hear that. That's but... nice. That means, well, we're well, we're gonna we're gonna be, you know, I'll we'll remember you when we're like rich and famous. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but like, the, uh, I... no, we're on the man. We're on the long road because for us, like, we don't notice those things. But until right. like, but then you look back like five or six years or more, and the, and you see that there has been progress. Yeah, right. Um, but we are. We are the independent of independent music. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. We're like the alternative to, to the to alternative. It's... And it's always, it's always been a struggle for us. And, and I, think, I think a lot of that, like, you know, and some of this is like, is a good thing. And, 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 and we take, take a lot of pride in it, but we don't really belong in anybody else's category. Right. So... Like even like on Spotify or whatever is happening now, where it used to be like what record bin you're in, mm-hmm. like what category does it go in? We don't really have right. any peers that that are doing the same thing, and so it doesn't. It's it's just not like a natural right. thing for it to be involved with any with any other bands. No, even the, the for people to discover, you know, right. And and I don't see a ton of bands that have 
have almost like a collective type feel like most of the bands I've seen regularly have the same members with a couple exceptions. But, um, I mean, there's always people coming in. It seems like you have a base, you and Munley, uh, Dwight Pentecost seems to be around and now your kid, but there's been a lot of in and out musicians in your group, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not terribly common. I don't think, which, which puts you in an even further niche <laughs> alternative to. <indie>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and Munley and Dwight and I have been doing this together for over 20 years. I mean, the band's been together for, I think, 27 now. Oh, okay. I'm the only one left from <laughs> from then. But but when those guys joined up, I, I guess that would be 21 or 22 years ago. Okay. And and we are committed to each other, and, and we also have, you know, we, we do Munley and the Looper Kalians, and we also have DBUK. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yep. So yeah, we we work together on a lot of things, right? And we and we will until we die. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I heard some interview where where somebody was like, "Have you ever thought of doing anything else?" And it was Munley who answered. He's like, "That wouldn't even be an option." He actually said, "It's a do or die type uh, <laughs> type experience for me at this point." <clears throat> Yeah, it's not a bad place to be. Well, and it, and it's true. Like you know, and, and some of this, and you know, honestly, this is probably why we have had a lot of members, and and they're all really good people, and 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 I think, you know, everybody, I would still, well, the majority of people, there's been about thirty people in our band in twenty seven years. Oh wow, oh, I didn't know it was <laughs> but, that many. But and 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 most of them are all still good friends of mine. But right. you know, it's not easy to play music with us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really not like other musicians and we're not like other i don't know I, I i feel like we kind of invented our own way to play and sometimes it's not easy to understand what that is right. or how to fit in it's like second nature to those who've done it for 27 years but for the ones who've come and gone it's right i mean it's probably like speaking a foreign language when you first join up your band i bet a little bit you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's not easy. Like we don't, you know, like Munley doesn't write songs like other people, you know, yeah. and we don't play music like other people, and and it's just, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like I'm really full of myself, right. you know. And some of it is, it, you, we we're actually like we couldn't be in anybody else's band because we're not the we're also not the right kind of players. Like right. we don't have the same right. technical skills Yeah. or, you know, it's not like we can just say, well, you know what, let's like sell out and, and make like this record that, you know, mass appeal type of deal. Like it sound like this kind of thing. And it's impossible for us. We don't have the same background. We don't have the same understanding of, of music and, mm-hmm. and the structure of, of how to build those kinds of songs. It right. just doesn't work. And I'm assuming it's I mean, not... We were the ones, we were the last ones picked, you know, and, right. and you know, in gym class. <laughs> that seems like a, something on like an album where they have the critics' uh, reviews of it. Somebody put the, la- the last one picked in gym class, <laughs> you know, hash Rolling Stone <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so is that a good thing or... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wore black socks to gym class. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did. I believe, but that you. was because I was I, well, I was trying to be punk rock and all that shit. Right. This was the '80s, but 
Yeah. The uh, were you uh, were you an athlete? You know, when I was younger, I, I was. I, I was, was really say. fast. Right. Like I, I, I may have been at one time, like when I was in like the sixth grade, and I did. I competed, and I would, you know, I would travel around the state with my parents. Okay. And and run these races. Like I actually, and I got all the ribbons still to prove it, and they're right. all blue. I believe you. I mean, in your time. You're tall. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you get that a lot. Like, yeah, you're really <laughs> tall. But I've met few tall people that weren't at least somewhat athletic because you you can overcompensate yeah. for for finesse. Yeah. So but, you know, after that, but then, but then everybody matured a lot faster than me in, right. in middle school, and and that was the end of that. And I was just this real tall, extra skinny. Um, <laughs> Dork. Right, and pretty much all that was left for me was was music at that point. Right. When did you start? Uh, do you remember what your first band was? Yeah, I was in high school. It was called the Sons of T. Okay. Of the letter T, or of the letter T, and so it was named after. I mean, that was for a, a friend of ours. His name was Mark Trousel, and he played bass drum in the marching band. And we um, pretended like he was our leader, and we even we even had a club like we, like when the, the in high school when when all the tables are set out for for all the kids to join clubs in school. Like we made our own club, mm-hmm. and it was totally unauthorized, but we brought in our own table, oh, and nice. it was called Sons of Tea. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually a pretty good band. And <laughs> and we even went into yeah we went we we made it a float. For the uh, homecoming parade, really? and that, that was also unauthorized. We just pulled in behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did people make a fuss, or did they not? Was it done with such finesse that they didn't even notice? No one even noticed. Like, no, there were no <laughs> officials that even noticed. And we had people signing up. Like, we had, um, we had people, and 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 so Sons of T. What we did was, as far as our school activities well first of all we were all in the marching band mm-hmm. and so we are all the biggest dorks of, of the entire school right. yeah and um but i mean we were also totally cool like we listened to all the good music right and, yeah <laughs> um yeah that's good but um wait where was i going i'm sorry it went all from parade I'm trying to remember. To, yeah i mean the, the parade was kind of the last oh yeah so we had so we had like we had kids like joining up and everything and it was awesome <laughs> Oh, intramural sports. And right. so one of our only activity was we had to be in every single intramural sport. So we had our own volleyball team, our own basketball team, our own, God, whatever. The Sons of T Those had, the had, two, had their own intramural of. teams. Yeah. Which was required. Oh, and we lost every game. We never <laughs> won anything, especially basketball, because the basketball, like we were playing, like all the football players made their own teams to be an intramural basketball. Right. And they're all these big, giant dudes, and we're a bunch of skinny geeks. Yeah. That's really oh, funny. Oh, man, we had fun. I'm sure. I mean, it, yeah. those I mean, are the kind of stories you want to I hear high school, talk like, about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hated high school, and I barely graduated. I graduated by cheating, and I can—that's another story all in itself. But um, anyway, that I, I still have good memories of of all that, like screwing around I did in high school. Yeah, that's for sure. yeah. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, pretty impressive. So, what type of music was it? If if you could, if if it was possible to pinpoint Sons of T's <laughs> musical oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Well, I, holy cow! I gotta remember. Well, well, 
well, I, I would say that that all that all of us and all of my friends like, I wouldn't call us punk rock because there were punk rockers in our school, right? And they were all my friends and stuff. But but it was more like people that that liked interesting music, you know, like which included that, you know, mm-hmm. which included like listening to the Clash or right. And and, and I was a Joy Division and mm-hmm. well, all all the good bands in the eighties, right? Know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm 40, so I would have rem- I didn't experience yeah. it directly, but through relatives and older friends and such. I yeah. love that music now. <laughs> I mean, love Joy Division and Bauhaus and Sisters of Mercy. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. And and so you know, honestly, like even if you think about like you know whatever you think of the Denver sound, it's like you know Dave Dave has been my friend from. Uh, woven hand for mm-hmm. you know since we were teenagers right oh it's um, been that long so he was right in that yeah area but um, our first band i think our first band together it was called blood flower mm-hmm. well first of all sons of t used to play shows with his band which was called pavilion steps okay and and that's kind of how we met and then we kind of formed our own band after that called blood flower and i think i think i was well, by then, I guess I was 19. But... Okay. I mean, these I've heard worse band that would names have been than like... first bands. <laughs> Bloodflower, it's not bad. I mean, Bloodflower was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we recorded a 7-inch, uh, a and then we went on tour. Uh, I think it was 1986 we did our, our first tour. Um, but we didn't know what we were doing. We had a record, and we would set up shows when we got to the town, which... You know, at the time we didn't. There was no internet, obviously, but so. But we ended up in Boston, and the van broke down. So that's where we lived for a couple years. (laughs) (laughs) That was that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I'm from Maine. I've I've definitely been to Boston. Boston has had a lot of good, uh, you know, uh, early to mid '80s. uh, It was punk music at the end of the day, but it was super poppy. You know, like the Lemonheads and the Blake Babies and. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I had a question for you that was related to Sons of Tea, Bloodflower, and that whole thing. Oh, um, this might be one of those questions I edit out depending on the answer. Did you ever? I know you grew up religiously and stuff. Um, I mean, were you ever? I just feel like there's a lot of Christian metal and punk bands in the '80s and '90s. Did you have any? Were you ever into though India those Petra? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, no, okay. I've actually never really been into to. Well, no. When I was younger, I was into the this guy. His name was Larry Norman. Oh yeah, wish we'd all been would, ready. He would be considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great song, by the it way. It is. Um, I still like. I still like. There are songs of his that still give me goosebumps, mm-hmm. and some of it is for nostalgic reasons, and some right. of it is because, holy shit, man! It's like, first of all, he was crazy. Yeah, and he made, but and he was kind of a popular. Uh, God, I just stumbled on that. He was kind of like this end times, like Jesus freak dude. Right. And he would be considered, like a lot of people consider him the godfather of Jesus music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But well, he's got some amazing songs. He does. But the, and the thing. And about, also some really bad songs. Right. But like, I feel like 
I mean, I was into Christian rock in the late 90s when I became born again, and but it was all out of guilt. And they'd say, like, if you like Blink-182, you'll love Reliant K or some shitty band that sounded just like them. Yeah. So it wasn't like an, an interest in the music. But in doing so, I found some musicians who are actually good, and Larry Norman was one of them. Uh, but the thing yeah. about Larry Norman is that he wasn't... He was a conflicted person. I uh, not theologically, but I don't think he was the best dad <laughs> for my studies of him. And um, oh no! And there's like this documentary about him. He like stole stole Randy Stonehill's wife and all this shit. Like, <laughs> like he was a terrible person. Oh. He was like a total. He was a complete and total narcissist. And he that's, was um, uh, part of like the whole thing. Like, but. At the same time, he made this amazing. He did. He had this this incredible music. Wow! I try not to like. I mean, the the uh, the days of glorifying musicians for their bad behavior are less than they used to be. But there is something interesting Mm -hmm. about, especially when religion's added to it. Like our fundy (laughs) church loved Larry Norman because of that song, and they were all about the end times. And oh my God, there's a movie or like a TV movie or something. Like, isn't that like? Um, left behind or something with that child actor from the 90s i don't know whatever. oh kirk cameron yeah I, i'm going so, yep yeah <laughs> there's there's actually a really that one is it's so bad there's one called thief in the night from the 70s where um, mm-hmm. it looks like a porno movie without the sex but lots of weird end time stuff like just <laughs> bad music oh, lots man. of mutton chops but it's it's almost horrifying because like it's like a B movie that's scary, but it didn't mean to be. But yeah, it's called Thief in the Night. <laughs> yeah. And Larry Norman's song is sung by a choir in that, and it's so spooky. And it kind of reminds me of a couple of your songs. Like, it's very percussion heavy. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. But um, yeah, I was just wondering, yeah. like, uh, if, because that, like, Randy Stonehill, I remember that guy for sure. I didn't know his wife was stolen by Larry Norman. Yeah. Jeez. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, look it up. I, I most certainly will. <laughs> I, I had a friend who was a documentary, like, uh-huh. But no, go. there's a... Wait, there's, what? My, my friend uh, Ben was a guitarist for Randy Stonehill for about two years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Later on in his career, like just like 10 years ago yeah. uh, when he tried to come back. But you said the documentary... Yeah, it's on. I think it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, I think you would just type in Larry Norman documentary or something. I don't. I don't remember what it's called, but it's okay. pretty much all these interviews with all these people who were involved in all of that, and just how twisted and sick he actually was he, in real life. He really, <laughs> he really was. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, but no, I'll watch. It I mean, sure. I still love him, and and he was a huge part of my life, and and actually a huge part of my life. Cause this would have been in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, and growing up, of why I I just learned to love music so much. Mm-hmm. Like he was my first, like he was the first one for me. You know what I mean? That made it right. really special and important. Right. And 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 knowing that it was like this is what I have to do. You right. know, like, I'm I'm going to do this. That was actually one That's of my questions. Of him. One of the who was the first that actually made you want to do what you do now. It was yeah. Larry Norman. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find out about him through church? Oh yeah, because you know, like you're in the youth groups and all these things, and mm-hmm. and everybody is is you know likes you know 
exploring and, and finding out our own things. There was another band called Daniel Amos that was also really huge for me. Okay. Um, and they started out like in the seventies, they were a, um, like a country band, like hmm. a Christian country band. And it was also, they're also really awesome as that. And then all of a sudden, like in their early eighties, I guess, like they come out with this album and I think it was called, um, doppelganger huh and and it's a new wave record really and it was huge for me and it was like oh my gosh like this is the best thing i ever heard in my entire life wow. and it introduced me and then soon after that record came out i saw devo on saturday night live right and it just my life was wrecked and destroyed forever it was like okay yeah oh, this I'm is sure. where i go <laughs> yeah there's finally there's finally people like me in the world you know like Right. That uh, that I can understand, and and actually, I feel like they would understand me. Right? Yeah, I remember seeing. Uh, I was very young, but the replacements destroy the stage at SNL. They weren't invited back, but I had a similar experience where I'm like, man, there's a bigger world <laughs> yeah. out there for me. I, I need to find these types of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said that that what was the name of the country band? You said they turned into a new wave band. Yeah, that That's is called Daniel. Daniel Amos. Daniel Amos. A M O S. That is I feel like that that kind of I mean in the Christian music industry, you could for all its terrible music, you could get away with things like that. Because yeah. like there's yeah. there's an audience everywhere for that. Like, well I can't listen to this, so right. I'll do this. Huh. And it was a and good And they were day. also Yeah. And they were also on Larry Norman's record label. Uh I think it was called Solid Rock. Okay. And so like we listened so you would it was the same way, like in you know, in, in the Christian music world, like we discovered music through like how we did other bands in the eighties. You know, like right. well, who else is connected to this? And right, and it was awesome because I found all this cool stuff. Right, yeah, it was definitely like a proto chat room type approach to finding music uh, in, in those circles. Right. It was totally relational, and especially if it's not readily available, like you mentioned, high school. Aside from from uh your your bands and the in the marching thing wasn't really a good time <laughs> like like not a culturally rich moment for you so those uh those networks of finding music through weird people all over the place is yeah. is a lifeline to a large degree oh yeah yeah so when did um i was gonna say and slim Cessna you said started 27 years ago like how how i mean how was it during college was it what happened there i know nothing about those beginning parts well i was i was in a band uh, along with um frank hauser jr mm-hmm. uh who started slim cessna's auto club with me okay we start i think and it started in 1992 but we were also in a band called denver gentlemen which okay. David Edwards weird. was also in at one time, but right. we weren't in it at the same time. Um, and Denver Gentleman also had Jeffrey Paul, who was in Blood Flower, also with us. Okay. And then they became the Denver Gentleman. Um, and then I was in it for a while. Mm-hmm. But then um, Frank and I um, started making. We we. I decided I and I was playing drums and all that, and okay. I decided I wanted to be a country singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was way more interested in that. In fact, I, I don't even know what was happening musically, culturally, right in the world in in all of 
like the first half of the nineties. Oh, really? Okay. Because I just I became so consumed with um, old country music, right? And uh, and just and, and obsessed with it. And so I said, I, I can do that. I, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And also, I had I had grown up with country music, like okay, like my my father, like we had Johnny Cash records, and right. we we had like like I grew up staring at the Folsom Prison Blues album. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. where he's got sweat pouring down his face and being intrigued and terrified yeah. and also just loving that album. And it's still one of the greatest albums oh, of all it, time. Yeah. Um, it's an oh, impossible man. And then I got to open for Johnny Cash. You did? <laughs> yeah, 1996 Holy in shit. Las Vegas. But, uh, boy, I'm jumping all over the place. I mean, you should um, with that story, so, though. <laughs> I mean, I've never talked yeah. to anybody who's done that, <laughs> even close. So, so what? <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, at the at the last, at the the Hard Rock Hotel, it was really cool. Um, but anyway, wait, God, man, I just skipped around. I don't even remember what uh, I was well, talking about. Well, the Johnny Cash thing will do that to you. Uh, I mean, we were, we were talking yeah. about uh, Denver Gentlemen, and then you were isol- you isolated yourself from oh, yeah. the, the, so, the 90s culture through country music. I, I did, and yeah, and you know, and I was even isolating myself from all the music that that I loved in, in the 80s, and, and, and not like necessarily rejecting it, but I was just consumed right. with, with listening to and, and trying to understand the whole history of everything in in in, in the early 90s and mm-hmm. and so I, I i learned three chords on a guitar mm-hmm. and frank and i just you know my, one of my best friends john kilo i said oh and he never played drums before and i handed him my sticks and mm-hmm. said you're our drummer and we just and really we didn't even think we were going to play shows right we were just having a good time playing country music in my basement right and yeah and then we started getting shows and then all of a sudden we're like you know playing at the bluebird in denver this wow. like theater and stuff it's like i don't know this, and we like this is a lot more fun than the denver gentlemen so <laughs> we just kind of cut that one off right and it's been going ever since so it's, there it, it so there, there wasn't really an initial plan of attack it just you found yourself doing what you liked and you were getting some good results from it and and that continued yeah Wow, and it's interesting because that is like the first time, also, where we never really established any goals. Okay, like we never had this thing. We're going to get signed, and we're going right. to, you know, go on tour, and we're going to, you know, open for like all these amazing bands. Or you know, right. we didn't have, and and it's still kind of like that, which is kind of nice. I, like we just we keep moving and we keep mm-hmm. going, but we don't like expect anything out of any of it we just we're just having a great time playing music with our friends geez i wonder what i wonder how much influence the isolation through country music from the broader culture had on that approach because i mean i grew up in the 90s and the narrative was absolutely if you're musical get in a band and get signed (laughs) i mean there was there was really no there was not much internet so you couldn't really diy was almost too stressful so yeah Geez, maybe maybe that's the key is to <laughs> only focus on one what? thing and not learn from other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, it's like the next thing you know, it's like we're basically living in a van and traveling around right. playing shows. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. And and then, you know, then we got onto uh, Alternative Tentacles like that. And that was in 2000. So that right. was the first label we ever had. We, we did release two records on our own before that. You did, but, okay. 
That's Jello's label. I mean, yeah, Jello's right. label. Yeah. So we were with that for, God, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and you had and you said you had two albums before Alternative Tentacles that were independently released. Yeah, but but uh, AT did release the first record, um, like in two thousand one, like the self titled one. Okay. Oh, I got you. That they like re released. Yeah, so it, it came out originally. It came out originally, and I think in ninety three or ninety four. Okay, but then. But then we made our, uh, you know, our first record with them was always say please and thank you, and then Jello wanted to release the other record because he loved it so much. So it actually came out after, uh, even though it was like almost a decade earlier gotcha. that it was recorded. Right. Um. And I heard some like as I was researching for the interview. I don't even know if this is true. I but they like you guys did a show and you said you yelled to a label, "Hey, you should sign us," and they did or something. I mean, is that at all? <laughs> oh no, that what that was okay because we were like like back in the uh, the nineties and the mid nineties to the late nineties, we were being courted by by a lot of record labels. Oh, nice. Okay, but they would always they would always get like people were flying like Geffen Records, Sire Records, wow. Island Records. Like Capitol Records, they actually were flying to Denver to see us play, and and it was during that whole time in the '90s when you know you got to get signed and you got to right, play yeah. South by Southwest was, and all these things. Wasn't much, and so we did that. We we did play South by Southwest and we killed. It was amazing. Really, it was like and even Spin Magazine said it was the best show of like of the whole thing, and we never got signed. <laughs> it never <laughs> happened, and it was inter- and so. We were playing this showcase in Denver, and Jello, Jello Biafra was already our friend because he's from Colorado, and he had already been coming to see our shows. And, That's right, he is. And we were already spending time with him and not really thinking about being on his label, and he wasn't thinking about having us on his label, mm-hmm. but he was coming to our shows. But we were playing this showcase, I think it was the Gothic Theater in Denver, and it was for Capital or Columbia Records. I don't remember. It was one of the C record companies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and we knew that that it's like what, you know what are we even doing here? It's like 1998, I think. Mm-hmm. And and Munley says during the show because Jello was there, he, he he like said something to the effect of, "Um, we're not going to get signed by whatever label that is. We're signing up with Alternative Tentacles tonight with Jello Biafra." <laughs> 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 and then sure enough that's what we did and that's what happened and Jello was like I never even thought of that <laughs> wow hey that's and that's so then we were with them for years right yeah I, I knew that there was a pretty close connection there like man there's plenty of things to encourage you to aside from the love of music I mean that's, that's a pretty good history that you've shared so far <laughs> Like you said earlier, it's hard to well, it's hard to notice it when you're actually doing it. Like, uh, or people don't see the shitty parts as well, you know. And, and I'm sure touring right. a band isn't always fun, uh, you know. The shows are always fun. The shows are always fun. Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, I like know even playing in Grand Rapids at like the the diner or wherever it was that we were. Like, I, I'm not I'm not insulting that place. They oh, were yeah. awesome. But like, it's tiny. 
Yeah, you know, you're playing there after you've been a band for 25 years. Yeah. Some people would say, oh, my God, what are we doing here? But for us, it was like, yes, there's actually, you know, 30 people at our show. We're going to have a kick-ass. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, I saw, I used to work at a, a uh, for several years at a place called the Pyramid Scheme. And you, you've played there, I think. Oh, oh yeah, we played there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we played there for about... 15 people. Yep. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, they've pretty much, uh, they have a consistently large audience now, but it took a while. I mean, it was, it was a definitely a new thing. Oh, that's too bad, though. I mean, I'm sure oh, you no, had fun uh, today, no, I'm but... not even, I'm not, whatever, like, that'll, that'll happen again in yeah, some yeah. city somewhere. Like, it still happens. And I'm not even putting down the place or right, anything, right. or I'm not insulting people who didn't come. It's just right. how it is. Yeah. But we always play it as if it could be the last show we ever play i I think that definitely comes across yeah there is a definitely like if if you're gonna do it do it right type uh type vibe to it all right so i mean you know god we've been doing this forever you know yeah it's like we already know we're not gonna headline red rocks right like we already know, or you know, that there's no such thing as being on a major label and and having some instant success at South by Southwest, you know, like right, like with a new whatever, and so and it's all fine, like everything's good. Yeah, yeah, there is some freedom to knowing that, uh, knowing what uh, it's not just hitting the ceiling, but it's knowing what what room is right for you as opposed to others, because it really is like that. You either. Very few people get signed to major labels now, and when they do, it's for the really famous, like the Miley Cyrus famous ones, and then and then right. the rest of us are just kind of you know you you do what you can, and it's 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 not half bad. Yeah, you know it is nice because like my my friend here in Denver, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, yes. um had just had this huge success like mm-hmm. a few years ago, which was so nice because that was someone from our community. Right, who we have known forever. You've known finally, him personally, like, yeah, personally. Yeah. He's like like our buddy. I love like his we, music. Like he had us come. Yeah, no, he's amazing. He's yeah. an amazing songwriter, and his band is incredible. And his new record is is great. That's mm-hmm. that's going on now, and he's our buddy. And but also like that was like that's something that never happens anymore, no, and it, it happened for him. Like which is amazing. Like right. like he got on the Tonight Show, and things just blew yeah. up. Yeah, and, and it's it not was, like his sound and is... it was really fun. It was fun for all of us. Like, we are all in. We were, we were, we were all in it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you felt like, caught up in it. felt like, yeah, in Denver! It. Yeah. Uh, have you heard the name Richard Swift before? I have heard the name, but I don't know if I've... Yeah, uh, he's the one know. that produced the the uh, the Nathan Ratliff album that that launched him into fame, apparently. And unfortunately, he died of, oh. of drug oh, and... Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. I, I know who that is. Yep. yep. He's and uh, I don't know him. I didn't know him, but yeah. I know that he's the guy. Right. Right. I actually I I reviewed one of his albums in 2004 when I was in college, and he liked the review and gave me a phone call, and we talked for like an hour. So it was that's. Uh, and then years later, I saw him on a Lady Gaga <laughs> documentary. Uh, mm. Because he he produced a song for her, See, but it was sad. Like with him, a lot of people is the same thing. People felt like they were friends with him, and and he was getting successful, and then he kicked the bucket. So I'm glad Nathan Rateliff has enormous success though from it. So there's the net positive. But. 
Yeah. But yeah, he's got And what was music. cool was he Yeah, he brought us to to Europe. I, I, it would be almost exactly 2 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so we opened for him for almost a month in Europe playing like these incredible venues like right. you know these ancient theaters you know for 3000 people every night. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, like it did nothing for our career like nobody bought any merch and I oh, think really? they were confused by us. And it's totally good. Like, I'm not even complaining about that, but it was incredible to be with our friends and having that experience with them in in these, uh, you know, amazing venues that we'll never get to play again. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you typically sell merch? That's a, that's a weird situation now with the internet. I mean, like it's. Oh, you know what? That we make a, we do pretty well when it's, when it's our tour. Okay. Like we'll we'll make some new T-shirts and and people buy yeah people we do we do very well on merch okay. like even if it's like a show for twenty people like we'll sell five hundred dollars in merch oh that's excellent yeah that's that's a I mean for a lot of bands that's what they're trying to figure out now is how to how to have some success when people download and such you know but and I, I think for us with that is that you know. Like, it's weird to say this, and I don't want to sound like, again, I don't want to be like we're full of ourselves and shit like that. Right. We, our, our audience is is all over the world, and it and it's not a huge audience, but there are people everywhere we go, mm-hmm. and it's, and they are obsessed with it. It's <laughs> true, yeah. You know, it's like, a, it's a cult, it, we have a very cult audience that's what right I know, what well that's good because in all your promo shots you and look so like they come they members. come with money and they want to buy everything that we have <laughs> <laughs> that's right well i was I, I was thinking even before the interview if i had to describe you all without resorting to like tired psychobilly goth whatever is that i'd say it's like a band with a cult following who also looks like a cult <laughs> in all of their promo pictures. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at and and you mentioned fans all over the place. I th- I think from the I've seen you guys probably play six times and there's a lot of age diversity in the crowd too. Like teens a lot. And, and a people lot of, my age and older. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's great. And and I would say more so in Europe than here in the states. Oh, really? Okay. But uh, we'll have you know generations of people come to see us over there, and it's so amazing and flattering. And but even now, like you know, sometimes there will be twenty somethings that mm-hmm. will show up, and they'll and they'll say, "I've been listening to your music all my life. You're my parents' favorite. Can we do a selfie for my folks?" Wow. Things like that are happening Whoa. now too. You know, because we're old. <laughs> <laughs> It really does come down to that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I They're I, like younger than my kids. Right. It's And it's funny thinking about teachers that you had, like in high school or college, that seem so old to you, who are, they were like, um, they were like what age we are now. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you see yep. an old video of Bill Clinton, and you're like, man, he looks cool. And then you see him now, I'm like, he looks 300 years old. I mean, it's time. It's, <laughs> Time shows itself in very non-linear ways. Yeah. You just notice it when you start feeling old and your fans start yep. taking selfies for their parents. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pretty fun. Yeah. Well, man, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I, like I said, I, I, I listened to some interviews from that you did before and the questions kind of befuddled me. So I, I, I hope I gave you something good to work with. <laughs> 
Well, man, you got me talking like way more than usual. <laughs> so that was nice. I appreciate it. Oh, no, anytime. And um, I probably said too much about everything. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I Absolutely not. And I, I am very happy with this. And uh, Good. I, I usually will. I mean, this is a brand new site, uh, and it's it, it does have a lot of dark music, and we do have psychobilly people, but uh, the darkness looks very oh, different God. depending on, uh, on on what types it is. <laughs> well, hopefully I, I didn't offend people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, pitch, Pitchfork gets readers because they offend everybody, so... No complaints if you did. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the last real question is real basic is, uh, how do listeners find out about you who may not have heard you? Websites? Ins- where, where where are you sending people these days? What? Now, Jesus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we got, you know, we got all of it. We got our Twitters and Instagrams okay. and Facebooks, and none of that even works. And oh. so, who the, who the hell knows? So really, go to you one know, of your shows. I don't know is the best thing. So the, the social media presence might yeah. not be the focus. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're on Spotify. Okay. I mean, that's fine. All right. I mean, I don't. We don't. I think I make less than. Yeah. You know, I think I make five. Yeah, like six percent of of five cents or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, the micro royalties. Yeah, I've got my seven dollar yeah. check before. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, my last BMI check was like twelve dollars, or you know, right. something ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I've I uh, it is there are some benefits to it, but it is annoying too when you actually <laughs> you get your CD baby thing. Like, but, wow, I did that poorly, huh? <laughs> but I also know that that stuff like that works. I know right. that I know that we we do. I mean, we're you know we're on the long road, but we do continue to grow. Like even now, yeah. Like it keeps getting better, and sometimes you don't notice until you look right. back a few years, yeah, and see where you were then. Right, and I like your early albums. I do, but I uh, there are bands that I've listened <clears> to that I don't think got better, or their sound just changed so much that it almost seems like a different band. But I do think you all have gotten better, uh, especially the oh, last man. couple albums are just are, are as good as it gets. I think, and uh, I've listened to you oh, about ten you. years, so I haven't been there as long as others, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, that's nice. That's flattering. Thank you. Oh, no, absolutely. All right, man. Well, pleasure talking to you. I think so, you. too. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you think so, too? <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what matters the I most. Think we, I think maybe the next track is going to be the one. Is, is, oh, that's going to that's, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be your siren song, the, the, the final one? Yeah. What, yeah. Actually, that is a good... I, I was wondering that, too. Uh, is, are, are there any albums you're working on currently? that we should look out for. Yeah, we are working on we're working on Munley and the Looper Kaleans. Um right. second album for that band and uh basically everyone in that band is also in the Auto Club. So So there's this really weird I don't know the song cuz they didn't put the name of it, but it's uh it's Munley and uh and the how do you pronounce it again the 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 Looper Looper Kaleans. Looper Kaleans. And it's like him playing banjo and then these really freaky, like almost like st- scarecrow outfits that everybody's wearing and pounding the drums. Yeah. Are you one of them? Yeah, that's yeah. Well, not in that video, but oh. I, I am one of them now. Okay, We're pounding on some drums. <laughs> it's a great video. It almost it feels is. like a band in hell or something like that. It's just super yeah. super freaky. 
Um, oh, but this record is going to be good. It's coming out in uh, September or October. And that's the Munley one? Yeah. Okay. And it's on our label. We have our own label that we release all of our own music on only. Right. What's the name of the label? Skak Unincorporated. Right, 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 right. And the, you can see that on the Bandcamp and website. It shows that, right? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, our, our last two Auto Club records and, and both of the DBUK records that mm-hmm. we made are also on that label. Okay. Gotcha. And uh, are, are you working on any uh, stuff released as Slim Cessna's Auto Club currently? Yeah, we are. We, um, we haven't started recording uh, because okay. we've been busy with uh, the Looper Williams. But we are working. We've had a few get-togethers uh, trying to hammer some things out for, for a new Auto Club record. Okay. No promises on when that would be out. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year. Right. Maybe. You've all had an interesting you know, approach to together. time when it comes to releasing. So it's probably yeah. that, that, that's a good thing. What? Yeah, no, it is good. But we want everything to be really good. We don't want to just have like this... Um, where it has to be, you know, we have to have a record out every year or every two years. For us, it's more organic than that. Right, yeah. Yeah, the like, nature of your we kind want of music. it to be perfect. Right. And every, and I don't know if we've achieved that. I think we've come close as far as what we think it should be, but we're always striving to, to, to be better and to right. um, have better records. But I will say... That the last DBUK record that came out, mm-hmm. songs nine through sixteen, mm-hmm. I think is as close to perfect of an album. Oh, you're, you're real happy with those? I've definitely heard them, and enjoyed them. That uh, you said it's as close yeah, to I like, perfect. I love both of them, but this, but the second one is like, yeah. it's like I can I can listen to that right for pleasure. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't always happen with your own record. No, you know? no. Often it's sometimes the opposite reaction. <laughs> like, man, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know who I in yeah. the when I when I last saw you, I at the Muddy Roots, I was so far in the back that I couldn't even make out who was in the band compared to when I saw you all at Tip Top. But who's the gal who plays slide guitar? I thought she was just a phenomenal contribution to to that. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, oh, and she's been with us for. I, I think she's been in the band for. Six or seven years now, right? Um, and yeah, that's Rebecca Vera. Okay, and Rebecca yeah, Vera? she's amazing. Yeah, yes. and she's also she's in Monthly and the Looper Queens and DBUK oh. and the Auto Club also. Okay, I mean she must have a lot of people who want to play with her <laughs> that, that that want her to play in their group too. I mean it's. The, the, I feel like it's certain instruments like the slide guitar and the lap steel that everybody wants in their band, and it's the hardest one to find. It's like finding a really good drummer yeah. who's, who's actually going to stay with you. <laughs> Whereas anybody right. can. Find oh, and also that, like, as long as we're doing this, it's yeah. like um, we are hopeful. And and so our drummer Andrew in Auto Club has been, and he's also in Looper Cleans too, playing drums with me. But okay, uh, he's been playing with us for two or three years mm-hmm. and he's he's the one like he's not going anywhere oh we, good. You've... it's always so amazing to, to find your people right and and he is he's in a hundred percent okay and he, he likes to play with all of you too he knows oh yeah no okay, we're good. all in okay good that's yeah. awesome he's yeah. he, it, and what, what you said he's the which instrument he plays drums. Drums, okay, yeah. Oh, that's 
I've I've been in so many wow. bands and double double the amount of bands I've been in probably twelve double that. That's how many drummers <laughs> I've had to play drums oh, before because it's so hard I, to find. I, I can't even. I can't even count how many drummers we've had in oh, 27 I years. I, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to go there. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that particular instrument that uh, that does it. But so, man, yeah, hang, hang on to Andrew then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make, make T-shirts that say that or something to remind you. <laughs> he just totally gets it, and right from the start. Right. And um, so in, in the, the gal plays lap steel. What was her name again? Rebecca Vera. Rebecca Vera. No, she V-E-R-A. played V E R A. V E R A. She played a whole the whole steel guitar with the, the foot pedals and everything, right? Yeah, she plays pedal steel and then she does keyboards also and and a lot of vocals. Okay, gotcha. All right, man. I hate to cut it short, but I I I I, uh, I run my own soap business. Hey, I'm going to send you some. I'm going to send you some soap. <laughs> do okay, you have any allergies? Yeah, do it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'm, I'm going to start a tradition where I send all my interviewees a bar of soap. That just hit me. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, no problem. It's that is uh, I and I I play music too, and I write a lot of songs about horror. Making soap is way scarier. Handling lie is a truly I get paranoid oh, every time I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're wearing gloves when you do that. Oh, you, you most certainly are. No scares yet, but. But uh, a, a yeah. tradition has been, you are our first interviewee, and a tradition has been started to send them soap. So I'll, I'll get your address uh, <laughs> on, on, on Facebook Messenger and uh, do that. Well, hey, man, I really, really enjoyed this. I, I hope you did, too. And, Likewise. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, uh, I had a blast. Thank you. Okay, good. And uh, next time you're in Grand Rapids, we'll, we'll talk in a non-bathroom setting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Lim. Yeah, I'll... I'll buy you a beer. Hey, I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, man. See ya. And thank you one more time to Slim Cessna for joining us for this chat all the way from Colorado. I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our website is at devilsmusic.net. Again, that's devilsmusic.net. And through that site, you can get to our Instagram and to our uh, Twitter and our Facebook. Super easy. But just in case, our Instagram is at devilsmusic.net underscore music and our twitter is at devil's music two like the number two but again go to the website at devilsmusic.net be sure to go to slim cessna's auto club's website that's scac unincorporated.com again scac unincorporated.com and that can take you to all his uh, myriad musical projects that he spoke about during the interview And stay tuned for more great interviews like the one that you just heard. And thanks again for joining us for this very first podcast episode of Devil's Music. Stay scary.